1: Is the Jerry Callahan Show? I'd right, have to admit, I think people probably know that, know this about me. But uh, I, I look at this last night's um, earth-shattering uh, election results, and um, I don't look at it and say, "I'm I'm happy for Glenn Youngkin." I'm happy for uh, the the people of Virginia. I'm happy for hopefully, God. Please, uh the people of New Jersey, we'll see how that goes, but that's not how normal people react you You want to revel in the misery of your enemies. you want a little schadenfreude yes, so you do. I did what I do every once a year, maybe uh maybe less than that, but I searched out m s n b c had to watch Joy Reed last night, and today I'm watching this morning I was watching uh, uh Morning Joe and just see the 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 grief. The misery in their eyes is just glorious. The first thing I saw this morning, Carano, was a tweet from Jamel Hill, the biggest, one of the biggest race baiters in this country, an absolute grifter who's made millions making everything about race. And her reaction to this, this uh, big uh, upset in Virginia, Glenn Youngkin knocking off. Uh, clinton bag man uh terry mcauliffe absolute sleazebag terry Epstein mcauliffe guy. knocking him off by what two points yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm looking at the final results Jamel hill's reaction is it's not the messaging folks the country simply loves white supremacy i mean honest to God, at some point at some point Jamel and and joy reed and 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 you know lincoln project scumbags at some point you just have to drop it and move on. You lost. And you know what the best part of What's it is? What's that best part? Know, one of the big reasons they lost was they made everything about race. It's all they do. It's all they ever do. You know, it was a racist dog whistle when Glenn Young can critical race theory or mentioned anything that was being taught in the schools, COVID, gender fluidity, anything,
2: mandates, it was all,
1: all race, all race. So here's here's what people are just bombarding Jamel Hill and Joy Reid and the rest of the race hustlers with today. Not only did Glenn Youngkin defeat Terry McAuliffe, but Glenn Youngkin defeated uh, sort of Ralph Northam, the incumbent who endorsed McAuliffe. Ralph Northam, as we all know, as a racist who was uh, pictured in uh, Klan robes and blackface. He, He won't tell us which one, so we'll just assume both. Governor clan uh, robes, blackface endorsed Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe lost. That's a big defeat for uh, the the racists on the left. But the lieutenant governor, which people are going to meet, they're going to find out this glorious woman named Winsome Sears. Uh, she might be the biggest story of the day because we've already seen uh, Glenn Youngkin for weeks now. People are pretty familiar with him. But they're not all that familiar yet with Winsome Sears, the first Black woman to win statewide in Virginia. She's the lieutenant governor now. She is uh, a former Marine. She's a uh, immigrant from Jamaica. She's a um, uh, she. She ran a woman's homeless shelter, raised three kids, and there's a picture circulating of her in her in her Marine uniform, and another picture of her, and I don't even know what it is. You would. Uh, uh some kind of uh weapon of war in
2: her hand. Yeah I'm trying to look for the image now. Um I can't remember um, what the gun she was she, Yeah I, I it was I a rifle like a of some thing. sort. Um it's
1: uh it's it's probably a an what uh, Joe Biden would call an AR fourteen. Yes <laughs> <this is> <laughs> AR less than the fifteen that normal people <laughs> tend to tend to uh, use I, I think that's her with an AR fourteen and she gave a <laughs> great speech. I just was watching a few minutes of it this morning a great victory speech just completely destroying the whole narrative that you know those right everything was about race to the conservatives what they did was they reached new lows what they did in this campaign was they perpetrated a race hoax uh, that's what young uh what, what mcauliffe did he had five democrat operatives dress as white supremacists dress as Charlottesville Nazis with their white shirts and their khaki pants and their tiki torches. It took <laughs> people on Twitter, reporters or, or just observers. It took them about a minute and a half to expose this fraud. Uh obviously uh McAuliffe lied and pretended he didn't have anything to do with it. He did. They blamed the Lincoln Project. By the way, another, another glorious defeat for the Lincoln Project. Which is which is a great thing. I mean, people don't even understand how great that is. They went all in for McAuliffe and they not only campaigned and, and spent money to defeat Yunkin, but they tried dirty tricks like this, like having pretend racists. That's how serious they take racism. They pretended they were racist to defeat Yunkin and they lost and they lost handily. It is a huge win for or for common sense. Well, I think know, that's it's right, because it's, people. it's the- it's- This was a, a decent guy, young Ken, a decent family guy against an absolute swamp creature sleazebag in Terry McAuliffe and the good guy won.
2: We, what we have to do is reject- those tactics. That's the big thing. That's the big win for me last night. I don't know that much about Youngkin, honestly. I don't know if he's a, he's he's good or not. Most politicians I don't like, as you know. But rejecting. He's not a politician the, though. He's a business guy. Eh. He's in the
1: first time politician. Yeah, you
2: still. You know, if you're gonna be governor, you have to make deals and stuff. That, that that's fine. That's but I think that's besides the point for me. The the point for me is that you have to reject the tactics of making everything about race. Uh, well, that should not work with people, and it's not working anymore.
1: It's so true. They make everything about race and critical racism theory and everything. That's how they want it to be. Uh, they want, and, and Youngkin absolutely took this on head on. I mean, his last speech was about, let's stop seeing everything through the lens of race. And that worked. Look at his numbers with white women, which is the reason Trump lost to Biden. White women, women with college degrees, without suburb city, doesn't matter. Women rejected Trump. Women embraced Youngkin and absolutely rejected, repudiated the whole uh, McAuliffe narrative that it's, you know, black against white. Everything, you know, know, teachers and students and everything, you know, cops and people was going to be the white against the black. They, They wanted to be. A, a a cold race war that's what they want they want every everyone to hate people of the uh, that's what critical race theory is the white people are all oppressors the black people are all victims and you start them young you absolutely indoctrinate them young so they grow up resenting people of the other race and that's if you're white with a,
2: if you're white if you're black with a certain political persuasion too you're also white you're a white yeah i'm honest.
1: waiting for uh, jamel hill or uh, joy reed to say Winsome Sears is a tool of white supremacy. I mean, that's what they said about uh, Larry Elder in California. That's right. The black face of white supremacy. You can't make it. It's become clownish, this obsession they have with race and trying to stoke the flames of racial hatred, getting people to resent those of the opposite race, which is why the best part to me this morning is people are looking at Jamel Hill and Joy Reed and the rest of the race hustlers and they're and they're and they're laughing at them they're not taking them seriously i mean it's worked it's a great grift jamel hill has made millions joy reed has a primetime show on a news network and all she does is say everyone every republican every conservative is racist every every issue is designed to, to blame you know the, the one race over the other that's i mean that's her her thing i mean that's all she does yeah mainstream media mainstream, was rejected
2: mainstream media exactly it has been all in on that tactic too for the last i don't know five years or something and and that's the other thing with these elections i think these elections are going to start to fall the republican way a lot uh going going forward even in the midterm elections and hopefully that take that that strikes out at this uh at this tactic by the mainstream media too and they'll realize it's not i mean it's killing the ratings so One, at number, some point they're gonna number, have to
1: change uh, the uh, second-rated uh, trending thing I'm looking at. What's trending? Yeah, Joy Reid, 21,000 tweets. Number three on that list, Jamel Hill. Yes, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're both trending because people are mocking and ridiculing you. you are clowns. I mean, you. It, you're going to turn this result a defeat for Terry McAuliffe. Uh, you're going to a defeat for Ralph Northam, a win for this wonderful woman, Winsome Sears. You're going to make that. About race. Good luck. Good luck. Racist parents. Right? Racist parents. <laughs> See, I think, I, I, I think, and I, I tweeted this out, and I've thought about this, and I have a different take than than many people. Obviously, Youngkin was a, was ran a good race. He didn't embrace Trump, but he didn't reject Trump. He just made it, at least in the last two weeks, about schools, about teachers, about parents. And I think the 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 two of the worst political gaffes I've ever seen in my life, and I was watching this thing pretty closely in the closing days, is sleazebag McAuliffe in in the debate, one of the worst gaffes you'll ever see in a political debate, when he said he doesn't think parents should have a role in educating children. I mean, he said it. It wasn't like (laughs) it was a rumor or whatever, implied it. He said it. And Youngkin obviously took it and ran with it and made ads out of it. And that's what you call stepping in it. But to make it even worse, the last person, the last surrogate he had on stage campaigning for him, making a case for him, was Randy Weingarten. If you don't know who that is, she's the president of the the biggest teachers union, the most liberal teachers union. There is nobody in this country, including Joe Biden, more responsible... For locking, uh, uh, keeping kids out of school, keeping kids home, of locking down the schools, and not letting kids return to in-class uh, education—that that that pisses off parents more than anything. They know it doesn't; uh, the science doesn't support it. It was a way for teachers to just take a year off with pay, and this this woman was the one most responsible for it, and not only. Was she there on stage on the last event for McAuliffe? But you got to hear it. See if you can find it, Corona. Her voice is so bad. She's screaming. It's it's one of the worst appearances I've seen. And it, there were some bad ones. By the way, I was making my list of losers, winners and losers. I like doing that. I like making it about winners and losers. Yeah, you made losers, some lists yesterday. Losers. Yes. And, uh, you know, Biden, Harris, uh, Obama, uh, Stacey Abrams, all the heavy hitters were in uh, Virginia in the last two weeks campaigning. This is a huge defeat for Barack Obama, make no mistake, for Kamala Harris, and, and you wanna see a, an appearance that didn't win anyone over, check out Kamala Harris's appearance with McAuliffe and the speech she made. It was what you'd expect from her, the most unlikable politician in America. But my take is this, and and there's there's lot there was lots of factors working in Youngkin's favor and against McAuliffe, and 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 we've gone over them uh, for for weeks now, but everybody and we you know we talk I ask this almost every day, of Biden voters allegedly 81 million, is this what you wanted? You know when they pull out of Afghanistan when he when he drone strikes seven children when he gets 13 Marines and servicemen murdered in Afghanistan, when he pulls out and leaves $85 billion worth of uh, weaponry, uh, whether it, open borders, you know, you know, 10,000 Haitians walking across the border with COVID, some of them. And I ask every time, is this what you wanted? If you're a, if you're a Biden voter, well, I think of that 81 million, many, I mean, millions are filled with regret already 10 months in. They're saying, Holy crap. I hated Trump. and I consider myself a Democrat, but this is crazy. This is not what I voted for. This is not what I want. And obviously, a number of them are in Virginia and, and New Jersey. We can get to New Jersey. I'm sitting here monitoring the results in New Jersey, which will be much, 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 much bigger than Virginia. If that Phil Murphy, another sleazebag, a, a Massachusetts guy went to high school with Charlie Baker, Uh, an absolute lockdown lunatic who put coronavirus positive patients in nursing homes just like Andrew Cuomo Cuomo did, but we'll get to New Jersey. I think a number of people in these states regret voting for Biden. They did not think he'd be this extreme. They didn't think he'd do this kind of destruction to this country, to this economy. They're looking at the supply chain. They're looking at inflation. They're looking at the price of gas, and they're saying, I don't want this. I regret this. They are filled with bias, and remorse, and this was a chance to make it up to all of us, to make it up to the rest of the country, to say, essentially, I'm sorry, I voted for this extremist, for these radicals, who are who are hell bent on on destroying, on, on fundamentally transforming the country, and what they did was say, I'm not going to vote for Biden again, and a vote for McCallum was a vote for Biden, a vote for. Uh, Phil Murphy is a vote for Biden, and they rejected, they repudiated the Biden regime, Kamala Harris, the whole group, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. They said enough of that. And if you look at results around the country, and I'm talking like state houses in Long Island, Republicans are sweeping. In In Buffalo, they rejected a socialist candidate for mayor for a right in candidate, I believe, in Minneapolis. Yeah, right. yep. Minneapolis, they, they rejected Elon uh, Omar and the rest of the defund the police people—they rejected. They voted to fund the police. That's what they're doing all over the country. And To me, it's a rejection of the extremist regime which is in power now. And I'm not sure when he's. <clears throat> I, I think uh, Biden just got back to uh, to you know to D.C. from his disastrous trip abroad. I wonder how how uh, Jen Psaki Saki. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, how are they going to spin this? I know, just it's, no...
2: it's it's no doubt that empirically, if you look at the shape of the country a year ago versus today, it, we're in worse shape than than we were then. I mean, that's it's the signs are all around. It's not just you know, it's not just even the the abroad stuff and Afghanistan and all there's, that. There's, it's, a, million it's just like, there's to... a million Right, you've got you're and you're being told by the media that you're the problem the entire time too. That's so, true.
1: You're, you're right. You're hearing people say, "Oh, it's those racist yeah. whatever white voters." And, and uh, again, you talk about white women or women in general in the suburbs, mothers who rejected Trump, who hated Trump and voted, you know, reluctantly uh, voted for, for Biden-Harris. And now they're saying, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry. Trump wasn't on this ballot. Trump wasn't campaigning. For Youngkin, or uh, I can't, I'm sorry, I, I I can't pronounce the guy's name in New Jersey. The Republican who's dead, oh, it, even with Phil Murphy.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure his name.
1: You're no. Italian. Could you could you figure that is one it, out
2: for me? Is it Ciatrelli? The
1: yeah, there it? you go. Ciatrelli Ciatrelli who is a really good candidate, by the way. If you've seen him interviewed or debate, he's smart. He's articulate. He's good. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see him pull this off. I have my doubts. I had no doubt that the Democrats, if it's close, have a plan. To steal it then and, and they will in new jersey i mean of all places you really think it's on the up and up in new jersey no they will steal it for this creep phil murphy uh who will continue to uh, destroy small businesses lock down ch- close schools lock down business i mean he's a absolute panic porn uh a, a fanatic loves uh, covid uh, you know almost as much as as, uh, as Fauci he just loves COVID. It gives him such power. As we know, he's a hypocrite. He was seen out to dinner with his family when he was telling people not to go to dinner. Maskless, of course, just another COVID hypocrite. Hopefully he goes down to flames, but it's too early to tell right now. There was just so much, so much about the, uh, about the Virginia um, election. That was, that was just wonderful to watch the whole thing unfold again. They, the 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 race hustlers would like it to be about race, but not only did they reject Ralph Northam, they elected Winsome Sears statewide, a woman, former Marine, just a badass. They elected an attorney general who's a Cuban American, first uh, first generation immigrant. They they they, they uh, emasculated the whole argument that is about race, white versus black. They, they voted against critical racism theory. They voted against you know, gender theory, gender uh, fluidity. They voted against the Loudoun County School Board, the Loudoun County Superintendent, who covered up a rape of a child. And we'll get to that story. Yeah,
2: that's a crazy, crazy, crazy story. <laughs> we, got,
1: we got so much to get to. We got the mother of the boy in the skirt, the rapist, the skirt-wearing rapist, we have the mother attempting, I guess, to defend his, her child. <laughs> <laughs> does not do the best job. <laughs> you, uh, I guess you could call it that. But one of the worst defenses. Even though it's a, it's a loving mother. I'll give her some, some leeway there. I expect a mother to do whatever she could to defend her child. My mother would do the same. But uh, this mother does not do the best job. And we will, we will get to her and to her. <laughs> her argument because it's just so so just unhinged just insane i'm not sure who i i guess i feel bad for her she's got a really difficult child a 15 year old kid that's nothing but trouble but the kid in his defense was raised by a lunatic so we'll get to that and we'll get to uh, the rittenhouse trial which starts today the uh, world series which ended last night which i think uh Uh, I'm just going to say worked out great, worked out great because uh, the Jim Crow, uh, Jim Crow, Georgia, the state of Georgia, which got screwed out of the All-Star game, made up for it by winning the World Series. It's a bad day for Rob Manford. I just wish and I was thinking this and this is how I think I think about, you know, revenge.
2: Yes, yes, you do.
1: (laughs) You're screwed over. You're at you own a hotel, a restaurant. You work at hotels, restaurant in the uh, in Georgia, in Atlanta. A lot of Black-owned businesses got screwed because that coward, Rob Manfred, uh, uh gave in to you know, Biden's you know, lies about Georgia and about Georgia's uh, election law. They wanted to go back to the laws they had before COVID. They wanted to check IDs. It's a much more liberal voter law voting system than in Delaware or in New York City. They have more early voting days. We've gone over it. It's yeah. a total canard. They just made up this lie that the Georgia voting law was racist. And Biden, who just, you know, if his, if his lips are moving, he's, he's lying. He was lying about it. He was saying it's like Jim Crow. Jim Eagle, he called it. That's what, you know, I believe the first reference to Jim Eagle was about the people of Georgia. Why didn't the hotels and the restaurants get their revenge? Cancel Rob Man- Manfred's room. Cancel all the media. should have All these media frauds. And just, and just leave them, you know, sleeping on the sidewalk and don't let them in any restaurants. That's what they should have done. It should have been this coordinated effort to get these dirt bags back because they screwed them out of a hundred million dollars. I don't know if they could still do that, you know, find a way to like, have, like have a parade and have like big signs. Screw you, Rob Manfred, two middle fingers. Uh, Cause they got screwed and it was all based on a lie. And by the way, the media was right there with Rob Manford saying, pull the game out. This is racist. I don't know if you saw, but uh, a pretty prominent baseball writer, Bob Nightingale from USA Today, he had a column the other day explaining why he can't, uh, he will never write the term Braves, the the word Braves again. He'll just drop it because it's so racist and the tomahawk chop is so racist. And every time they do that, the Atlanta fans do it louder, which is good. But he said the term Braves is racist and he'll never use it again. And immediately, people went on Twitter and found out he used it like three days ago. <laughs> they they just—they're just such hypocrites and one liars note. and frauds. thats
2: all they got—is one note. They just keep playing the same note. Like,
1: and you watch the chop thing. It's—it's uh, it's cool. I mean, it's just a fun uh, community thing. There's no racism to it. But again, whatever. The sun came up. The sun's racist. You know, whatever the the the, the, the mailman came today. He's racist. Everything is just everything. You know, as I always say, of Ayanna Presley. You know, she makes her breakfast. She breaks the yolk. Damn, it's those racist eggs. Everything is racist, which is why this is a glorious day for America. The race baiters, the race hustlers, the liars, the frauds, they lost. And they lost big. And they lost with, 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 with passion. The people went out with, and, and showed up and couldn't wait to vote against these people, against these despicable, scummy race hustlers and liars. They thought they were winning because their guy won one year ago. You know, their team won one year ago. They defeated Donald Trump and they thought they were riding high. Well, it lasted less than a year. And here we got the ultimate repudiation in Virginia. I believe uh, Biden won by 14, 14 a year ago. Wow! They voted for that absolutely pathetic candidate because they didn't like Trump. And they fell for all the garbage about racism and all that. So they vote for Biden one year ago by 14 points. And right now, Youngkin's lead looks like two, two, two to three. Uh, That's a landslide in deep blue Virginia. In New Jersey, Biden won by 16. And the governor, the incumbent governor, this was, you know, McAuliffe had been governor before, but he wasn't the incumbent. You're only allowed one term there. So Northam, governor, Clan robes, blackface. He's the incumbent. He lost essentially. M- McAuliffe lost, and hopefully Phil Murphy lost. These are Biden surrogates. These are Biden people. Th- this is a rejection of Biden, Harris, and the whole uh, the, the the whole cabal who has tried to take this country down a really dangerous path. Well, people don't want to go. They don't want to go anymore. Which is why it's so wonderful. Rejection of. Of the teachers' union, of these fanatical, r- radical teachers who were indoctrinating children, all that was in play, and all that was rejected. I'm not sure which what you, where what you hang your hat on today, if you're Biden, if you're Saki, if you're Harris, what do you what do you what do you look at today? The fact that uh, I don't know a first first Asian American won the mayor of Boston. So what? The the idea that her skin color or, or whatever her her, nationali- her heritage her, her matters is, is insane. She's just like the last mayor and the one before that and the one coming after that. They voted for the same ideology. So what? In Virginia, they did just the opposite. They rejected one ideology and voted for another, which is why it's so wonderful. But we're going to get more into that and give you updated if uh, the New Jersey result comes in. God, I hope it does. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. We got a lot. To get. We're going to get to that um, To the Rittenhouse trial, we got some. uh, What do we have for sound? We don't. Do we have Joy Reid? I want to hear from Joy Reid.
2: Yeah, dude. Do Do you want to talk DCU first, and then uh, yes, I want to do DCU,
1: then I want to do. I want to hear from Joy Reid. Anyone else? I mean, I don't care about about uh, the winners. I don't care about Youngkin. I don't care about any of you know. Even Winsome Sears, even though she had a great speech, I want the losers. I need some more Schadenfreude for breakfast, please. We'll get it for you. For me, excellent and. We'll give you our review of part two of Tucker Carlson's uh, documentary, which had the people on the other side losing their minds, demanding he be stopped, stifled, silenced, even arrested. Part two was excellent. I got some questions, but uh, I, I love the fact that it's only like 25 minutes long. Yeah, you it's know, easy No commercials. Yeah. It's great. Only one more part that's coming today. We'll be watching that and giving you our review. But first let me tell you about DCU whether you're buying your first home your dream home or looking to rein- refinance the home you love DCU they have the mortgage program to fit your needs and more importantly your budget their mortgage experts will walk you through the application process and help remove the hurdles that can make it so difficult and confusing they will bring you right up to the front steps of home ownership learn more about rates and programs or to apply today at dcu.org/mortgage dcu is an equal housing lender nmls number 466914 insured by NCUA membership required. I, I don't even know where to turn. I watched uh, CNN, of course, and MSNBC for the first time, I guess in a year that I've actually put on, I have to check the number to find MSNBC <laughs> just to put it on to see these people and the grief. That, and, I, and as and I mentioned, here's what I think happened is they were really feeling good. They feel like they're taking over the country. You know, I mean, obviously they have the president Obviously, they control you know the, the White House, they control Congress, they had the House, the Senate. Uh, by the way, enjoy it for the next twelve months, Nancy Pelosi, because you are getting blown out in the midterms, and I cannot wait. Um, I know it's a year away. I wish it were tomorrow, but it, if, if things hold the way they are now, it is going to be historic. The, the bloodbath that's coming next November cannot wait. Obviously they control big tech, big media, Hollywood, you know, TV, everything. So they felt pretty good that they were transforming this country, which was their goal. That's why there was a little bounce in their step. Everyone on MSNBC, everyone in in Silicon Valley, you know, all, <clears throat> all the uh, Jack Dorsey's and Zuckerberg were feeling pretty good. They were taking over the country. They were foisting their their, their radical agenda on the country. This, that's why this one state, this one race, this governor's race was so big because it was a referendum on this new movement led by the, well, not led by the, the empty husk in the White House, but led by the people controlling him. I think it was a rejection of all that, which is why it's glorious, which is why these people are so crestfallen, why, why, why Joe Scabro and his little honey are just so, look so defeated. Cause they felt like they were riding this wave and they knew McAuliffe was a sleaze bomb, but they thought deep blue Virginia would, would send him back to the governor's office. They'd get rid of this Yunkin punk and, and, and reject all the, that he stood for. And it just didn't, not only did it happen, but people, as I said, they didn't walk to the polls. They ran to the polls. They couldn't wait to get there and vote against these people. They did it with, with, with joy and with, and, and, and just with, with, passion and they went and they said we won't stand for any more of this i think what they overestimate or underestimated is the anger among moms and dads and parents who said we're sick of what you're doing to our children and by the way you want to put the little winners and losers scott yeah. smith the dad who got arrested who got embarrassed he got to see his big fat gut and his tattoo when they dragged him out of the school board meeting because they lied about his child about his daughter Who was raped in a ladies' room, a girl's room, by a boy in a skirt. And we'll get to his his mom. But that was part of this campaign. I think that was a huge part of this campaign. People suddenly paid attention and said, wait a second, they covered up the rape of a ninth grade girl because they didn't want it to derail their crazy transgender policy. They wanted to make sure biological boys in skirts could go in the girls' room. That wasn't that important to them that they would cover up the rape of a child? The answer was. Yes, they, it's exactly what they did. I don't think this happens without the school, with the, the corrupt school board and that superintendent, Scott Ziegler. Without them and the boy in the skirt, this does not happen. Youngkin does not win. I think it was that important. But
2: Yeah, so you want to hear some uh, some read?
1: Yes, let's uh, hear And we'll get to the, <clears throat> the mom of the boy in the skirt because you're not going to believe what she had to say. But I really want to hear some read, some Nicole Wallace, whatever you got from these freaking losers. Listen, let me enjoy their misery a little more
2: Here's Reid.
0: and the exit poll showed that, that which was interesting that the coronavirus or that the virus it was a very it has low salience not to many yes, voters there. Was it was education right which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching right. about race and i mean unfortunately race is just the most palpable tool in the toolkit used to be of the democratic party back right. in the day when they were dixiecrats and now of the republican party it just is powerful i
1: don't just yeah, it's I mean, so powerful it's- <clears throat> for the Republicans that their message was, forget race. Let's let's uh, let's go back to Martin Luther King's message. Let's not judge people on their pigmentation, on their immutable characteristics. That's what Republicans said. Joy Reid and her side, her team said, make everything about race. Not only did they want uh, to to make everyone racist, they wanted to teach children that they were racist. That they that they were. Unconsciously, subconsciously, racist. The, the 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 black kids were oppressed. The white kids were oppressors. The, the black kids were victims. The white kids were uh, were racist bigots. I mean, it's just it's sick. This is a sick ideology that has done. It has not hurt Joy reed's career at all. Let's be honest. So she embraces it, or Jamel Hills, or or any of the other race hustlers. But this was the exact opposite of about about race. It was the opposite. These people rejected your race based agenda. They don't want it to be about race because you know why? Cuz most people in their real life they reg- they don't think anything of race. They don't look judge people on their race and they want to know why you would ever teach your children to bake base their decisions about race on race. They they don't understand it. Why does everything have to be about race? It I, I'll tell you why cuz it was they thought a winning formula, you know? The divide and conquer, the biggest race uh, hustler of them all, Barack Obama, wanted everything to be about race, including, by the way, his, he, his speech was another big boost, I think, to Yunkin. When he came out and said, oh, these are just phony. These issues are phony. They're just designed to uh, trump up the, boost the ratings. Phony? The rape of a, of a ninth grade girl in a bathroom? Yeah, that, is was a a, phony that backfired phony? on
2: him. Yeah,
1: that totally backfired on him, and as a result, on his pal McAuliffe. I think but- there's
2: also kind of a fundamental thing going on too. Government believes really strongly; it's sort of like a national religion. Go- um, government schools are, government education is, and the and the feds and the and and the bureaucracy believes that they do a better job educating your kids than you do, and they want the control over educating your kids through the public school system because then they can mold kids. Into good citizens uh, who support it's, who support them, and parents are saying, "Wait a minute! No, 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 no! It's we know what's best for our kids more than the government does, of course."
1: And not only did McAuliffe say that it wasn't that uh, that it wasn't the parents' job to tell the teachers what to teach. Um, there was there was a, a column and a story in the Washington Post. A column, and the headline was, "Parents think they have a say in their child's education. They don't." That hit a nerve. I mean, the idea—you're thinking, wait a second—they just said the quiet part out loud. They don't think I should have a say in my son or daughter's education. That's madness. I think that drives people to the polls. I think they're they're apathetic people that you know don't care about whatever climate change and don't even care about whatever the the border if they're in Virginia or or about Afghanistan. They don't really necessarily care about. The, but they say, wait a second, did that guy, did that governor candidate just say? I shouldn't have a say in my kid's education. And then there were people, there were heroic parents who stepped up and started showing uh, the world, what the kids are being taught, what the books were in the library. I mean, there was this one that really went viral where it had diagrams on how boys can, you know, (laughs) uh, give oral sex to other boys. And I'm looking, I'm saying that's in the library. What the hell is going on? That shocked people and it, and it woke them up and they ran to the polls. That's why if you look at the final results of suburban moms or, or urban moms, doesn't matter, moms, white, black, whatever, moms with kids in school, they came out big for, for young kids. They voted for Biden, but they voted for young because they were disgusted at what they were learning about the, about the curriculum in their kids' classrooms. And you know what? That's a formula. That's going to happen everywhere. There won't be. Not every Democrat is going to be as bad a candidate as Sleazy Terry, but that happened across the country. They'll be saying, here's what they're showing. There'll be books, and they'll be saying, here's what's in the library, here's what these crazy teachers are teaching. Now we have video of kids breaking out their phones and recording the teachers yeah. when they're telling them this all this radical crap. The worst thing that happened to the teachers' union, and probably to the to the Democrats like McAuliffe, is Zoom class. Zoom class. Where parents sat back, the kid was sitting there on the computer in the kitchen table, and they're sitting there, whatever, getting lunch or getting breakfast ready. Looking over and go, wait a second, that teacher just say. I mean, they suddenly learned what their kids were being taught, and they didn't like it, and that blew up on the Democrats, which was, which is glorious. Do we have any more? Yeah, you want more, some more? Sch- Schadenfreude for me, Carano? Yeah,
2: here's some uh, some more read for you
0: they would have to be willing to say what you have said on your show, I think we've all said a version of it, you have to be willing to vocalize that these Republicans are dangerous. That this isn't a party that's just another political party that disagrees with us on tax policy. That at this point, they're dangerous. They're dangerous to our national security because stoking that kind of soft white nationalism eventually leads to the hardcore stuff it leads to the january 6th stuff because if people are tolerant of it in your party they're tolerant of the soft racism mm. it's a really short trip to get to the january 6th insurrectionist place well, that's
1: what- not- <laughs> <laughs> i understand that everyone in msnbc and nbc as a whole we've gone over. hell we went over yesterday everything the whole place is just run by total radicals these are just America hating, lunatics, race hustling, liars. But do they really watch her, the race lady, and say, yeah, that's the kind of news, the kind of commentary we want on this network. Um, the soft big re- which leads to January 6th. I don't know if people have seen Glenn Youngkin, the guy in the vest, you know, with this pretty family and, you know, he, he likes to play basketball and a you know, business guy. They don't look at him and say, you know, that's... That's an insurrectionist. No, That's not. dangerous. Just the opposite. That's You know who's dangerous? Joe Biden's dangerous. This guy is the antidote to the dangerous uh, agenda that we're seeing unfold in wa- Washington right now. I'm telling you, I bet her, her ratings are going to go up because she's become kind of an entertaining clown. She's a clownish figure, much like Jamel Hill and so many others who are trying their best to make it about race. And all people are doing is tweeting out sending out pictures of Winsome Sears the new uh, lieutenant governor hopefully the the next governor you're all, you're only allowed one term in in Virginia hopefully she'll be the next governor and uh, did you did you look at the picture yet what's the gun? What's the gun she's toting? Oh,
2: you know what I can't identify it. it's it's uh it is definitely a military weapon it's not an AR fifteen oh, really? yeah it's something
1: bigger bigger um, than an AR fifteen uh, a- so that's a, not that that's big. Big. an it's automatic a, weapon. Tech- that's a weapon of war?
2: I actually don't know if it's automatic or not. I don't know.
1: <laughs> does it have Does it have uh, Let's Go Brandon engraved on the stock?
2: No, but there, someone will Photoshop that in for us,
1: I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know if you have any more yeah, sound. I've got oh, we can uh, get Wallace if you
2: want. It's up to you.
1: Oh, good. This is a former uh, George, H, uh, George W. Bush staffer, former Republican. She's kind of like the Lincoln Project, total fraud, total nut job, lunatic lefty. And uh, she was hurting last night, too. I checked it out.
0: I think we know the answer to some of this. I watched Glenn Youngkin's interviews on Fox News, and he did nothing. that Claire's, He did not.
1: I mean, he worshipped at the altar of Donald Trump on Fox News. He flew an insurrection flag at his rallies. He simply didn't. He played dumb about a a Zoom rally. He did not really put much distance between himself and Donald
0: Trump on the big lie or the deadly insurrection in which police officers were maimed by flagpoles. So I think that the, the real ominous thing is that critical race theory, which isn't real, turned the suburbs 15 points.
1: To the Trump insurrection-endorsed Republican, what do Democrats do about that?
2: What do they do? (laughs) Beamed by flagpoles is one of the most ridiculous comments I've ever heard.
1: Youngkin did not embrace Trump. In fact, Trump wanted to campaign for him, uh, and Youngkin didn't want that for obvious reasons. But he didn't reject him either. He's smart. He didn't say, oh, no, we don't want any part of him. It was... Yeah, it was the way you got to play it, particularly if you're in a blue state and obviously it was successful. You're going to see other people do that. You know, he's not like Charlie Baker, that that, that fraud who, you know, hates Trump and would never uh, even, you know, shake his hand and say, you know, thanks for voting for me and just try to be civil. Just the opposite. He wants to please the Boston Globe, so he'll turn like a rat on Trump at any chance he gets. Yunker didn't do that. People like that. They respect that. There's a lot. Trump won in those rural counties, and, and so did so did Youngkin. I'd be curious to see who won by bigger margins. But the fact that he didn't embrace Trump, it doesn't matter to these people. They're going to make it up anyway. Oh, yeah. He, he, what did he float, fly an insurrection it, flag?
2: Was it the American flag? I have no idea what she's talking Is about. Is it the, uh, what do you call the don't the tread on me?
1: Yeah. The don't, the Gadsden. Was it the don't tread on me flag? Or maybe, maybe it was a Trump flag. So what? The guy was president for four years. And, you know, he, well, he, as we, almost, he almost won re-election. I mean, as and, we
2: know now from the Tucker thing, if you have a, a constitution in your house or the Deco- Declaration right. of Independence, you're an insurrectionist. I mean...
1: Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. Do I have time? Yeah, we'll get to that. Let's do a... You want to do uh Shea and then... Uh... Let's do Shea and then we'll do the mother of the boy in the skirt. We have to do this it. just because it's, it's so it's incredible. But uh, first, let me tell you about Shea Concrete. You know about Shea. They have a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home, a remodeling or replacing an old staircase Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. There are many options available, including concrete, but they also have customized stone or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Your front steps will be the talk of the town, or at least the talk in the neighborhood. They can remove the old stairs, having you walking up your new front steps within hours. Call them now. Within days, you'll have a new front steps. And you know what? Your house will look better, and it'll be worth more. When you're done, you'll not only have a great-looking front entrance, but it'll add value. It's, it's an upgrade. It's an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience, and in a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com, where you can also apply for a job. They have lots of jobs available, 15 to 20 open positions right now. It's a great company. You'll love working for them. Maybe it's time you made that move you been thinking about dumping that old job and going looking for something new. This might be the opportunity for you. And you can learn more about it when you go to one of these precast concrete days. They call them precast days where you can just show up at the plant and learn all about precast.
2: Wilmington you know, on Friday.
1: Wilmington on Friday. That's in uh, two days, two yep. days from now. Uh, yes. And in Amesbury on November 12th, where we will be there uh, yes. in Amesbury at their big headquarters. But check it out. Stop into one of these plants, Wilmington Friday, Amesbury next week, and learn all about precast. And maybe, maybe walk out of there with a new job, a new career. All right, uh, I, I didn't think much of this when I saw it. It was the mom of the boy in the skirt who was convicted by a judge in juvenile court, court of raping a classmate, a ninth grade girl, in the, the girls' room. And he was wearing a skirt so he could get in there. Uh, I said, you know, mothers defend their children even when the children are rotten kids. Um, but this, this mom, I'm trying to find who was she talking to? I have the Blaze story in front of me. Yes, yeah, I saw. Kind of went viral. I'll, I'll find it. Uh, the woman told the Daily Mail. So the Daily Mail, once again, a foreign newspaper doing the job that the American media refuses to do. Uh, they didn't name her, but they knew that this is the mother of the 15-year-old son. She says he's not transgender. He's just confused. Uh, She gets into all that and how every day he shows up with a a different look. Some days he wears a dress. Other days he wears, you know, jeans and a T-shirt. She says, quote, he's a 15-year-old boy that wanted to have sex in the bathroom with somebody that was willing. And they're twisting this just enough to make it a political hot-button issue. The woman said her son, who she admitted is deeply troubled, was only wearing a skirt that particular day because he has a, quote, androgynous style. She explained he would wear a skirt one day, and then the next day he would wear jeans and a T-shirt, a polo, a hoodie. He was trying to find himself, and that involved all kinds of styles. I believe he was doing it because it gave him attention that he desperately sought and needed.
2: Let me ask you a question. At- if if he's seeking attention and the mom knows that he needs attention, who's responsible for giving him that attention? Maybe the
1: mom. She uh, she she's certainly shares the responsibility, but I think you know what uh, a deep a, a better question is: What did they do in these schools to indulge this kid's you know fetishes? Uh, did they encourage him to come in a dress and a skirt, and encourage him to use the girls' room? <laughs> Uh, she said her son described the sexual assault in a way that made her believe the incident was all a misunderstanding. The two met in the bathroom earlier in the day because the female teen quote, wasn't feeling well that day. Quote, he was worried about her, asked her how she was feeling, touched her forehead, brought water to her. The mother recalled and said that uh, her son told her that he and the female talked about having sex later that day. Quote. He mentioned something about hooking up with her, said they discussed it that day, and that she was wishy-washy, and she was like, yeah, maybe, I still don't feel well, we'll see. She then said that her son later followed the female teen into the bathroom a second time, where he ended up advancing on her when she said she was feeling much better. The male teen, quote, depicted the rape as an accident. (sighs) Slipped. Okay, hey, do you want me to get to this part? This is We're not a real family show, right? This is the mother of a 15-year-old who was convicted of raping his classmate. She said, quote, he didn't mean to insert himself into her anus. <laughs> he was intending he
2: for vaginal. <laughs> sorry, He ahead. said he
1: was intending for vaginal and it ended up for 10 seconds as anal, the woman said. This is a direct quote. He knew she was in pain. Of course she was. He said, are you okay? And she said it hurt. And he was like, what kind of pain? The woman said he was showing genuine concern. I, I got to stop right there, Carano. That, this is the craziest freaking thing I've ever read or oh, heard. Sucks. This is a mother attempting to defend a 15-year-old child. Doing a shit job uh, and, of it. She... Then questioned the teen's response, the teen girl's response to the incident. Quote, if I was in a position where I was about to be raped, I would be screaming, kicking, everything. You're 15. You can reasonably defend yourself. You're not just going to sit there and take it. And so because there wasn't a presence of a fight, he felt it was okay to keep going. Victim blame. But the defense rests. And this kid is, and by the way, went to another school where he committed another sexual assault but it goes on and on but like this i'm not sure why the rest of the media doesn't just pick up on this and explain this because this was such a big moment in this race in this country where people took note and said wait a second this is what could happen and and not only was it w- w- did the policy the transgender bathroom policy allow him a, a, a way in there but the school board and the superintendent covered up this violent crime because they didn't want it to uh, derail their their crazy policy. That's a pretty big deal. But she points out her son's gone through counseling and therapy. It's been 15 years of hell trying to get him to do better and be better. I have no doubt about that, but I'm not sure mom is helping a whole lot.
2: Well, no. And it sounds like this kid started early too. There was a, uh, the, the Daily Mail asked the mom, apparently the kid was sending nude photos as a fifth grader to other people. And,
1: <laughs> That's amazing. And, and, I mean, I guess, I guess, and I it guess I'm...
2: charges. They just, they just said, you know, keep your, keep your son away from my, my, my child basically. But uh, she got pretty defensive. The mom got defensive of, of that. Like it, like it didn't matter. Like it wasn't a part of the pattern. Come on. So the kid's in juvenile detention until November 15th. And then there'll be where the, the second rape hearing um, will take place. So, we don't know his uh, long-term fate here but he's in well, you know i'm to be sure clear, people
1: will will move on with their lives we won't hear much I, I i'm still amazed that the superintendent scott ziegler hasn't quit or been fired it's what does it take to fire a liberal honest to god you know fauci's still there i guess i guess we know for in the case of andrew cuomo you gotta you know grab your under Underling's ass, and then you're gone, even if, you know, even though you survived, you know, the murder of 15,000 senior citizens. And by the way, if Phil Murphy wins in New Jersey, just so you know, dead senior citizens don't matter to the voters of New Jersey. If he gets reelected after what he did, I mean, he belongs in jail. Forget the governor's office. He belongs in jail. He knowingly, just like Rachel Levine, another Democrat who just keeps falling up, she put coronavirus positive patients in nursing homes, leading to the death of thousands. And she pulled her mother out in the dead of the night. Cause she knew how dangerous it was. She was punished with a job in the Biden administration. And now she's a four-star admiral and a, and a hero and an icon to the radical left. She belongs in prison along with Cuomo and, and and Fauci and, and, and Phil Murphy. It's just amazing what you can get away with if, you know, the media is on your team. Um, uh, I'd be curious to see, you know, where we go from here in in Loudon County. The school board—none of them have quit. None of them have been forced to resign. It's remarkable. But all uh, right, let's get before we uh, wrap this sucker up. Carano, last night's um, part two of the most dangerous documentary in like television history. Um, I feel the same way watching part two as I did of part one. It's been ten months. January sixth, even. I'd admit, is a pretty big deal. It was a pretty big story. The Obviously, CNN and MSNBC are obsessed with it. It's all they do all day, every day. But what Tucker did was just ask, interview people who've been ignored, ask questions that no one else has asked, show footage that no one else has seen. That story yesterday, if you haven't seen part two yet, if you haven't subscribed to Fox Nation, it's worth it. Especially because you get ninety days free. free,
2: Might as well do it. Yeah.
1: Part two was twenty-three minutes long, and it focused on two people, two a couple in Alaska,
2: the Huber family.
1: They were pretty interesting people. They're probably good, you know, pioneer people. They live in rural uh, Alaska. They run a little inn and spa for people who are looking for someplace really remote and quiet. They have their door kicked in by the FBI, arrested at gunpoint, handcuffed, taken to DC because they were at the insurrection, but they never went in the Capitol. They never well, committed any and, crimes.
2: And, and and no knock raid and no warrant.
1: And they took away their, as you their pointed laptop, out earlier, their, their, their constitution and their declaration yes. of independence. But my favorite part was they go through all this. They fly there. They, I mean, the, the expense of bringing these people to DC is just ridiculous, but they sit down, they're interrogating the woman and the man and they show a picture they think is a picture of the woman in the Capitol. And she looks at it and she just goes, you think that's me? That's not, not me. me. And they're like, oops, sorry. They go through the FBI has been exposed in the last couple of years. It's just so corrupt and incompetent. They bring this poor couple all the way to DC and interrogate them, you know, without, again, as you point out, reading their rights or anything else. And they have the wrong couple. They have the yeah, wrong people. They're they just,
2: incompetent and powerful. It's it's the worst right, of both and, worlds. And
1: corrupt and totally corrupt. These people's story is fascinating, but you'll never see it, hear it on. NBC, ABC, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post. They will ignore them because they're, they're enemies of the regime. But it's a fascinating story. And then they introduce us to some of the military people who've had their lives destroyed because, again, they supported. And what's the woman's name? The hot blonde. Do you have her name?
2: Uh, yeah, hold on. Let me find They it.
1: focus on this it's military like Emily, veteran, uh, Emily Remy. Emily Remy, who's smoking, if you haven't seen it. And uh, not that that matters. But she's had her life destroyed because she supported, as she points out, she went to a rally to hear the commander-in-chief. She was in the military. She wanted to hear what her commander-in-chief had to say. She didn't go in the Capitol. She didn't break any windows. She just attended it. They forced her out of the military. They tried to give her a dishonorable discharge. They tried to destroy the woman. She was a a hero a a, a few weeks earlier. Now she's an enemy of the state. And they did everything. To, they, they went through the whole process of destroying people's lives in the military. No offense, though, with,
2: with this Emily Remy person, she was a psyops um, person. So she was spreading misinformation and causing disrest either at home or abroad in her career. So it's hard for me to feel too bad about her. Now Now that's turned turned on her. I mean, she's but woken she's- up and that's great, but still... Like this is she was part of that process before. She's also an
1: expert because of that. She is you know, that's true. Of, Which they and but there was also that other guy who worked for the uh, federal government and he attended the yeah, thing the with, with the, a guy she thought was a friend. He yeah, thought was a friend, but yeah. he was an undercover agent. Yes. Tried to destroy his life. He's an immigrant. He's a total patriot. He just loves his country, but he supported the wrong candidate, so he must be destroyed. I thought there were a couple of real interesting uh, parts. She talked about how. The people in the parking lot, like at Fort Bragg where she was, all the enlisted people, they had to go th- run out to their cars and like pull off their Trump bumper stickers or anything that said MAGA or don't tread bags. on me. Yeah, They had to you know, take those off their car because there were people, there were agents of the, of the regime going through the parking lot to see who had a Trump bumper sticker and target them for, for, for the purge. To kick them out, to remove them from the ranks of the uh, the military, because they supported a guy who was president on January sixth. It's madness. And again, I don't think Tucker is really. I mean, obviously, it's not dangerous or criminal. He just saw an opening. He saw this this void where the mainstream media refused to cover these people, tell their stories, and said, you know, why don't we just sit down with her and let's hear her story? It's really good stuff. Mainly because the the corrupt mainstream media has been so negligent in ignoring them, wouldn't you say? You look at it, and you say, why didn't anyone else in the last ten months talk to her or him or yeah. them?
2: Yeah, none of this is really surprising to me. I think uh, also Tucker made a good point that the military now that we're disengaging from the Middle East more, where is the military energy going to be focused? And I know it, it's I think it's illegal for the military to operate on uh, on 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 domestic soil. Um, but I wonder if that's gonna. I, I wonder if that's gonna be quietly put away, and it's the military a, will start doing point. more of these operations against a good extremists. Good question. And That's
1: the whole theme. Is there, there? You know, there used to be the whatever. The whole war on terror was yeah. focused outward. Now it's focused inward. Right. And the goal is not just to to root out these you know these insurrectionists and these enemies of the regime, but to deter any future. Uh, I mean, if you're in the military and you're you were thinking of getting you know, one of those three percenter tattoos like you have,
2: I don't have one. I'm not a three percenter. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You think twice you would think if you wanted to like to tr- don't tread on me. Uh, there it is. There it is. The flag that's right there. You not should a three percenter. You,
2: you, I'm not a three percenter. Uh,
1: but, but you know, if you were, if you're just, uh, you know, you're a, whatever a patriot in your mind, you consider yourself a patriot. You're not going to put whatever, a sticker on your car, wear a hat, get a tattoo, you are going to lay low as much as possible. Your social media, they're checking your Facebook, your Twitter to see if you're, you know, commenting, posting against the regime. It is scary third world stuff. And all Tucker did was stick it into a, a, a total of a one-hour documentary, three days, three parts, but a total of an hour. And you say, holy crap, that is kind of scary. Yeah. Why is it? And it makes it even scarier when you wonder... Why is he the only one doing it? I mean, why aren't the rest of the media doing their jobs just the opposite? They're saying, don't watch that. Don't listen to this guy. Uh, arrest him. Stop him. Big tech, they want whoever, you know, Rupert Murdoch, they want somebody to stop him from telling the stories of the people who were persecuted. Uh, I'm surprised
2: he's still on Twitter. I can't imagine why. He doesn't do much tweeting, which is smart. He doesn't, but I'm just, you'd think that they would just remove him. Because it, right. It, if he ever, if he ever
1: turns to Twitter and starts tweeting regularly, you yeah. get it. It's over. He will be targeted for sure, at least for now. But things, the pendulum swinging, Karana, the pendulum swinging. It's a glorious so- day in America because people are waking up and rejecting the, 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 this radical Biden-Harris uh, agenda. And uh, I'll be curious to hear what Jen Psaki, Oh, whenever Biden gets out of bed and, you know, uh, you know cleans up and steps before a, a, a can oh, of course he hasn't oh. talked about afghanistan yet i'm not sure why he would ever talk about ah, virginia he'll just not say end. nothing unfortunately but i'll be watching msnbc and cnn some more today and enjoying their misery that's what it's all about that's what it's all about China we're gonna
2: lose Ford. the uh, we're gonna lose the stream
1: i i knew that all right we will wrap it up we will leave it there thanks to everybody for watching for listening for commenting good job carano i'm jerry callahan this is the callahan show it's a great day in america We'll talk to you again tomorrow.